I've been thinking about what I want for Christmas, Eric. Oh, yeah? What do you want, Alex? Yeah, so I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move and the boomerang shooter and the rocket roller jetpack with a realistic voice activator that says five different phrases, including, It's Turbo Time! Accessories sold separately. Batteries not included. <laughs> well, that's certainly one way to start the show, Alex. Oh, yeah. uh, this <laughs> this is the Monsters vs. Men podcast, where we try our best to stay alive. We're normally the bargain basement of the Kaiju Podcasting Airways, but this week we've got a special Christmas special. Jingle all the way (laughs) which is a monster movie let's be honest i mean it is a monster movie you could you could argue against it but it features booster the incredible kaiju sidekick (laughs) that nobody loves nobody no (laughs) nobody loves booster man no poor poor booster (laughs) the poor wretch (laughs) now alex (laughs) did you watch did you watch the standard edition the the theatrical cut did you watch the director's cut the uh, the extended edition, or did you watch the TBS edition with with the last ten minutes cut off? <laughs> um, so I actually own this movie, and it co- the version I have comes with the extended and the theatrical. Oh, good! And, so you watch both? Yeah, <laughs> good, 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 good. If I had enough time, I probably would have. Uh, but. I have seen the extended before, and they have it a makes a world of difference. It really I mean, does. It's, it's it, about four minutes different, uh, and it's just got a couple small things. Mm. Apparently, the version of it was actually the one that was intended for TV back when, back like during its like initial runs. Mm-hmm. But they cut out the they had alternate lines that had a lot of innuendo because this movie does have a ton it of does. innuendo. <laughs> But some it. of the more explicit innuendos, the lines were altered, uh, ah. and then it adds other scenes and different uh, music during like the the big like showdown it, it, early on at the mall where they're all chasing stuff and music's playing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Well, before we get further into it, a couple pieces of listener feedback, Alex. First, we have uh, a review, five star review on iTunes. From Goji Fan 2004. This honestly sounds kind of like a, a joke review, Alex, but it says exhausted. <laughs> Title has nothing to do with the review. I'm just exhausted. But seriously, more blue velvet. Give me those sultry vibes. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> I, I genuinely think this is probably like David Marshall using his mom's account to give us a five star rating. So <laughs> I like that his mom's account would be Goji Fan two thousand four. No, I mean he had to make it, which is really really generous of him. But <laughs> uh, all right, Alex, for our uh, patron surprise question, ask us anything. Oh. Uh, what's the number between one and six? Um, we'll go with five. Okay. All right. This one comes from, uh, our, our friend Ken. Okay. And he asks, he asks, what is the most underrated and overrated Godzilla film? Ooh. Um, 
How about one of us do overrated? Uh, let's do underrated first, Eric. All right, let's do underrated. All right, All right. So I think for me, underrated. I almost want to pick a non-Showa because I feel like everybody okay. talks about those. Uh, yeah. But if I had to do that, I would always say Ebra probably. But I think, uh-huh. or sorry, Ebra. But I think everyone's kind of turned a corner on that one, or maybe just I have so much I've willed it into existence <laughs> in my own mind. Um, yeah. But I think Mega Garius. Uh, from the 2000 era or the Ooh. Millennium era, I think that one gets unfairly. I think it's, it's Megagirus. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, hey, I made a clip. <laughs> Ebra Megagirus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know our Godzilla over here. <laughs> I think that one's underrated. I don't think that one deserves all the hate that it seems to get online. Yeah, no, I actually that's a great choice. That's a great choice. Uh, for me, the most underrated. Might be not because it's hated, but just because it's underrated, and that's Godzilla 2000, which Ooh. I think is one of the best Godzilla films, probably e- easily in my top 10. It might be in my top five, uh, as I think about it. So, yeah, it's a really it, good film. When we watched it again for Kaiju Quarantine 3, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was just like. This is really pretty great movie. Like, oh, great. why do I, I keep forgetting the, how good it is? The opening ten minutes is great. Oh. Are, are great of that movie. It's some of the best Godzilla stuff out there. Yeah. What about overrated Godzilla film? Uh, you know, this is one that I think you and me were both down on, and I think a lot of people really kind of like. Uh, maybe Destroya. Destroya. Mm. I, I really, I don't really see much appeal in that one, uh, mm. for for me personally, because I, I think it, I think it loses its way about halfway through. Uh, I'm trying, I'm really trying to think about my answer on this one. Um, I, you know, I'm gonna say, uh, I could be, I could be a troll and say like Ghidorah the three headed monster, but I, I actually have grown on that one, even though I still think some of the faults that I noticed the first time around are mm. still applicable to it. Yeah. I still, I like it a, a bit more. Um, and, and it, it's hard for me to hate on, on some of the show era films though. I, I'm going to say Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. I was actually just thinking about that while you were talking. I was like, you know what? That's one that you and me were both really down on too. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, people love that, that film and it's follow up and, it, I don't think it ever connected with us as much as it does some people. Yeah. Um, I enjoy I the follow-up. Uh, I, I need to... I, I agree. What was... What was Tokyo what was SOS, where yeah, Godzilla yeah, right. skeleton texts uh, the protagonist. <laughs> yeah, I like Tokyo SOS more myself. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, I'm, I was not the biggest fan of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Um, I need to give it another visit. Honestly, the Millennium films I've only seen once at this point, so so that's something to to revisit at some point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. Well, there was our patron question of the week. Uh, let's jump into Jingle All the Way, shall we? Let's let's do, do it. It. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the season, Alex, for Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. directed by Bryant Levant. Jingle All the Way may not be the Christmas movie we need, but it is definitely the Christmas movie we deserve. I mean, we've got Sinbad, we've got Crime Chain Santas, and we've got Kaiju Booster. (laughs) Did Jingle All the Way make you a grump, or did it make you want to 
pump iron, Alex. Ooh. Well, anytime I see Arnold, it makes me want to pump some iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I got to say, you know, whenever I... Whenever I see the jingle, I certainly get a tingle. Um, I, <laughs> you know, this movie does hold a special place in my heart, and it is one that I, not many films are nostalgic for me, but I think maybe this one is. But I have an easy time disassociating myself with my nostalgia and my ratings, which I think I clearly displayed during our Godzilla series. I think I've proven myself. But this one, there was something about it, man. Uh, you know, for all its ridiculous faults, I really had a good time. I think that you know, I think the message was spot on. You know, something that was hinted at last week in Krampus, we really get to see on full display here, and that's that that consumerism that I, I know you felt was kind of missing from most of Krampus after they initially introduced it. This is full-blown consumerism. Hell, I mean, even Myron, Sinbad's character, even knows and is completely aware of how ludicrous it all has become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even he can't help himself to go to the ends of the earth to make the year up to his kid. I I really, and I'm really interested uh, on the emphasis on products in the film. All the shots in Jamie's room are covered in products. The walls are covered in products. And when we see the parade, there's only one scene without products. And even though that scene shows dancing Santas. And then every, every, every other shot of the parade that we see is mm-hmm. a different product that they're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like this really fun way to look at these themes. It's interesting that Jamie, the kid, is the first one to learn the lesson of the film, not the parents. He is the yeah. one that realizes that, you know, material now, things aren't everything. <laughs> Whether they learned that or not, that's another story. Because did you see the post credit <laughs> scene, Alex? Wait, well, uh, I don't know. There's a post credit scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. Alex. I didn't know this, Eric. This yes. is uh... And it's it's the, the mom says to Arnold, she said, I just really loved how much you, you invested in getting you know, uh, turbo for our son. It makes me wonder what you got for me. And then it does a zoom in close up on Arnold's face. Oh, I have seen this. I have seen this. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen this. Yeah. So I, they may never learn the lesson. Probably only (laughs) Jakey Lloyd learned his lesson in this film. (laughs) But look, the first thing I want to talk about in this movie, uh, is the fact that it could never be made in 2020. It, it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> For a family <laughs> Christmas movie, some of the humor is a bit suspect. I mean, we have a bunch of innuendos, which that was, those were my favorite jokes. They were. Like, I love those. They were hilarious. Hey, you're having my wife's cookies. <laughs> uh, she's next door petting Ted. <laughs> But but we also have jokes about Rodney King, yep. bombs, and pedophilia, right? Like, <laughs> those types of jokes would not be happening today, right? No. Uh, and Arnold, a.k.a. Howard, a.k.a. he's only ever Arnold, let's be honest, <laughs> he commits about 13 felonies in this yes. movie and then gets a Dad of the Year award, right? <laughs> it's just an insane commitment to 1990s surrealism yeah. that – 
you know, I'm, I'm just left feeling a little jingled myself. But <laughs> were you able, Alex, to invest all the way? Uh, you know, <laughs> I was totally down for this like entire hilarious ride. Like, I mean, the entire film was just so bizarre that it's hard not to fall in love with this. Like, I mean. This man chases a bouncy ball through what feels like the entirety of the Mall of America, only for a kid to put put the ball in their mouth, him to try to get it back, and then be assaulted by four women, all calling him a pervert. <laughs> oh man, that scene is ingrained in my mind, like from a child, like that one where the where the yeah. I didn't know if it's a boy or a girl. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's a girl. Yeah, it, okay. The, the girl puts the ball in her mouth. I, it's just it's just left a lasting impression on me. <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny. And the, this is what Christmas movies are all about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not only that though, but we probably have the greatest villain on film since Audrey and Godzilla '98. I mean, <laughs> Phil Hartman's <laughs> Phil Hartman's Ted is absolutely hilarious like the delivery and innuendo of just about every line of his is pretty hysterical you know it makes me sad that this was his last film um Mm. before he died so like he has this line he says howard i'm in the mindset you can never do too much to make a child's christmas magical (laughs) 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 The, the, the scumminess and the way women except liz fawn over him it's just it's really pretty funny and the dumbest parts of this movie only really work because every single aspect of it is absurd (laughs) it is it is absurd alex and and speaking a little bit of that absurdism let's talk booster and do a kaiju analysis of this kaiju design (laughs) um I, look, I'm getting a bit of a King Caesar meets Barney vibe from Ooh. Booster. Unfortunately, though, we just never get to see him in full tokusatsu action. Um, the long hair definitely brings an element of the cute and the cuddly. Mm-hmm. But you can tell from that face that he has a dark side. <laughs> you know, personally, Alex, this got me thinking. And, and really, I'm hoping for a Booster sequel at some point. Maybe oh. even next year, 2021, as we approach the 25th anniversary of this classic. Ooh. And if we do get a sequel, I've got an idea for it. I want Jake Lloyd to play the role of Booster. Lloyd, as a son, imagine this, Alex. Lloyd, <laughs> as a son dealing with daddy issues in 2020, has hit hard times. To make ends meet, he makes a desperate attempt to revive his love from his childhood, Turbo Man. (laughs) Unfortunately, Turbo Man as a franchise has taken quite the turn when it was revealed that Turbo Man himself has become the franchise's bad guy, (laughs) leaving Booster as the sole hero. Now, everyone hated this turn of events except for Lloyd, who still loves Booster to this day (laughs) and wishes to redeem him as a character. The film then really becomes a parallel story to Jingle All the Way, in which Lloyd battles the demon of Turbo Man and the shadow of his father, while balancing the fact that his own son, Plot Twist, hates Booster. Oh, man, this wow. this is the film in the making. And if you're wondering why I'm I'm talking about <laughs> Jake Lloyd and not Jamie, it's because this mo- this movie really is that meta. It's a documentary about Jake Lloyd's career as an actor. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie's going to be pretty dark. Have you seen oh. what's happened to Jake Lloyd lately? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have no idea. Oh, well, uh, yeah. But I just mean, wait. J- you, you, J- knew, you knew that he was in Phantom Menace, right? Yeah, well, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays Anakin. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I actually sure. saw him at a Comic Con uh, several years ago, but he has paranoid schizophrenia now, and he doesn't work. Um, mm. Well, until until he revives Turbo Man and Booster. All right, twenty twenty one. You heard well, it. Here a first. return to childhood, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's a lot. Of, I mean, you said it was meta. It could maybe send him on a life oh, journey. It's very meta. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a great idea. I agree that Booster is a next level design. He doesn't mm. deserve that he hate that all the hate that he gets and the death threats that he gets throughout this movie. Like <laughs> Myron's reaction to them saying that they have plenty of Booster. And he's like he's like he goes, We don't want it! We don't want it. <laughs> it's so good. Like I think if he if he was in an Ultraman uh TV show, he'd be the next Pigmon. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> Listen, I really like the designs of these characters though. They're they're really fun. They feel really cohesive. And I did look up the work of uh Tim Flattery, who did the design of Booster and Turbo Man and Oh, Dement Dementor, I believe his name was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh turns out he's actually a pretty next level talent nowadays. He did the concept designs for Winter Soldier and Avengers Endgame. So ah. <laughs> he's actually he's actually uh, a, a star now, I guess. Uh, and he was back then. He was back then. That's right. <laughs> but I did also want to mention Sinbad's character, Myron, who is really funny, quick to betray, and also you feel bad in a way for him because of his priorities are all in the wrong place because of what seems to be like this really traumatic childhood experience. And no, I'm not talking about not getting the Johnny 7 Omega 7 Guns in 1. <laughs> this film has a seedy underbelly to it. One that mm. alludes to the issues plaguing all of America. I'm just glad this film is here to speak on it. Oh, yeah. This is the film that we need to really get to the root of America's issues. That is that is for sure, Alex. And I tell you, Sinbad, as you mentioned, is probably the funniest part of this movie. <laughs> He's just a character. He really is. Now, I'm not exactly sure that he earns the sympathy that the film tries to give him because mm. he... He's definitely kind of a bad dude. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But he definitely has some of the funniest line deliveries throughout. Now, Liz, the wife, Rita Wilson, is pretty forgiving, all things considered. Yes. After she catches Arnold breaking into their neighbor's house. And Ted, as you mentioned, is just one of the sleaziest characters in a Christmas movie ever. So you definitely have some memorable characters here. Yeah, you really do. I, you know, I love I love the payoff of the Sinbad bomb joke, oh where the second time is actually a bomb. I just love the fact that we see the cop again with bandages on his hands. <laughs> MVM Plus today, Alex. This week, we're actually going to talk about uh, the WB legendary Godzilla drama. Uh, There may be developments between now and the time this is released, but that is okay. Uh, Last week, we said we were going to talk about it, but we ended up talking with our lovely ladies about our favorite Christmas movies. Um, But this week, we're really going to dive into that uh, drama Mm -hmm. with Legendary and WB. I know you have some thoughts. I may be slightly yes. apathetic towards the whole thing, but I know yeah. you have some thoughts. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. 
plenty of them. And so we'll talk about that in MVM Plus, uh, which you can find over at patreon.com slash Pod. And hey, normally at this point we have a theometer or a Monsterpiece Theater or um, any one of our rotating segments. But this episode, I just wanted to give a quick thank you to some some major people in our lives, Alex. The first major thank you is Honda and Kaneko <laughs> for Mothra and Gamera 3. <laughs> some major people in our lives are Honda and Kaneko this year. Yes, but yes. those are two of my favorite movies that I think we've reviewed. Also, just a huge thank you to Mak Fumiake as Kalara in Gamera Super Monster. Yes. She she gave my favorite performance of the year. She is the superwoman of Monsters vs. Men. Thank you, Mock. And then, <laughs> Alex, for you, I thank you for a full year of editing and talking with me. Honestly, yeah. if, if listeners don't know, Alex is the editor, um, really the producer of all of, of our shows. So he's he's really what makes it all happen. Um and then our Patreon supporters, you know, aka the Bargain Basement Club, we're continually encouraged by your all support. And really, you've become our main target audience for the show. When Alex and I are talking about what we want to do next, we're like, well, I just want to know what, what our uh, patrons want to do. Because honestly, we're just so encouraged by you all that, that we want to do the best show for you. Uh, yeah. But lastly, I want to thank our loyal listener base. Um, and if you're listening to this episode, you are really, really loyal. Let's be honest. <laughs> and, you know, one quick shout out to my brother, Brett. He's listened to every single episode from the beginning after watching each movie alongside us. And I think that's really cool. We thank you all. We appreciate you. And we hope you have yeah. just a happy holiday as you listen to Jingle All the Way. Yeah, thank you all. And Eric, you know, I got to give you a shout out too. You know, you scheduled all of our interviews this year. I don't know if, I mean, the people that got scheduled probably know. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, and that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. You really lay out our interviews with them. Uh, and, you know, I know that's a lot of work and I really appreciate you sticking along for the ride. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll see what 2021 brings. Uh, it's going to be a good time no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's jump into our awards then, because I know we have some for Jingle all the way. (laughs) As always, Alex, start us off. Coolest character award, who you got? It'd be too easy for me to just put Arnold for all these, because let's just be real. He's the real (laughs) star of this. Um, But I'm going to put Jamie. Okay. Throw a curveball to everybody. He has probably, (laughs) especially with the post credit scene, he probably has the most uh, character growth. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm. Um, his realization it, and his forgiveness towards his dad, even though he hard to please and all that stuff, because his dad, you know, he is letting him down. He's he's really close to getting his black belt. I mean, soon he'll be able to take out Turbo Man himself just with his own karate moves. He's one of the few characters to not do a bad thing in this film. So good, good for good for Jamie. He yeah. he gets uh, on Santa's nice list. I, 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 no, I appreciate that choice, Alex. My coolest character award has to go to Ted, the reindeer. Ah. I love Ted the reindeer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ted the reindeer. Ted. He may get punched in the face, but, you know, he causes a lot of trouble and he has a good sense of character <laughs> by snarling at Arnold. So I love Ted the reindeer. I, I love, I love, what was that, that line? It was like, I named him Ted after. 
After my, my favorite person. Yeah, after my, my, my favorite after person, my... my dad, or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> it's got a good payoff later, too. So, yeah, oh. for sure. Uh, <laughs> next line. Uh, <laughs> our next award. He doesn't like aftershave, line. though. He doesn't like aftershave. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> next award, our most memorable line award, Alex Mine was one of those. It was a build on one of those innuendos we yes. mentioned. And it's, put that cookie down now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to love a good Arnold line delivery like that one. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, I did a few this time. So I've got my okay. top top one, and then I've oh, got man. two runner-ups. Ooh. Um, <laughs> my first is from uh, Ted, not the... Reindeer. Oh, the human Ted. <laughs> yeah, the human Ted. Um, he says, Arnold asks him what he's going to do with the reindeer after <laughs> after Christmas. And he says, I've been watching a family of deer down by Lake Minnetonka. I thought I'd take them down there and set them free. Nature's kind. They'll take them in like he's one of their own. <laughs> So, so ridiculous. It's ridiculous because he has a reindeer and he thinks yeah. that normal deer are going to take him in. <laughs> it's just next level like snobbery too. It's, it's so good. <laughs> I've been watching a family of reindeer or of deer down Dude. by Lake Minnetonka. It's like, what? Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> uh, then my other runner up, runner up was by uh, Myron. He says, Mr. To- Mr. Ponytail Man, I know you. I know your kind. You're the kind that puts trash in front of the mailbox, so I have to get out my Jeep, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one is an Arnold line. It's after he's been chasing the ball and the little girl has it in her hand. And he says, Hi, little girl. <laughs> Look what I've got for you. A shiny red ball. <laughs> what do <you> trade? <laughs> I so love it because he's he looks so crazed <laughs> during this yeah. line delivery. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> he looks crazy a lot in this movie for sure. <laughs> what about your can't believe the acting award? <laughs> uh, it's got to be Arnold, especially again when he sees that little girl with the ball. He is just so crazy. His face is so red, and his little giggle. He says, "A shiny red ball." <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. He just he he's he's really just a hilarious character. Him and Myron, I, it's just so their rivalry is really fun to watch. Yeah, it is funny for sure. Yeah. Um, what about you? So mine mine was an actor that stood out to me immediately. He has such a small role in this movie, mm-hmm. but he's gone on to do some pretty big things, and that is the toy store clerk. Chris Parnell. You know Chris mm-hmm. Parnell, Alex, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and he just has such a small role here. It has to be one of his first roles, but he just has the greatest laugh oh, in yeah. this film where uh, Arnold asks about <laughs> Turbo Man and he just laughs at his face. He's like, guys, you know, all the, yes. all the bystanders, everyone starts laughing at him. This guy thinks he's going to get a Turbo Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Oh man, it's so good. That that one is actually a really great line delivery. So super small role. He's on screen for like 15 seconds, but it's got to go to Chris Parnell there. Yeah, it, 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 he does a great job. Uh, 
What about your uh, standout effect award? It's got to be the Turbo Man suit, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, when you think about the tokusatsu action of the 90s, um, <laughs> Turbo Man is probably right there at the top of, of one of, you know, kind of the, the ones that we look to as kind of the high examples of toku in the <laughs> 90s, especially late 90s. You yes. Know? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Early 90s, yeah. there's some, there's, it's probably some stronger competition, but you know, late nineties, it was kind of the, the <laughs> lull in, in Toku and but oh, then we yeah. got this and, and really, it really upped the, the ante, you know? Yeah. So, You're really showing your expert suit. side. And that actually goes into my stay now effect, which is the intro, you know, the whole turbo man TV <laughs> show that we get to watch. Yeah. <laughs> which really just feels like a straight up power Rangers episode. Like They did that, that whole thing really well. <laughs> it sets the tone of this movie really well. As I was thinking about it, it does set the tone of the movie. It's going to be an absurd thing. You know, like this movie yes. is going to be absurd. You have to embrace that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really like that the plot beats from the opening are the plot beats from the finale, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what about your, Oh, that's a good shot award. It, the, it's the shot of Arnold when he's in bed and he realizes that he has to go get Turbo Man after mm-hmm. Liz tells him that that thing is almost impossible to get now. And it, Man. it shows his head on the pillow and then it just cuts dark and you just see his eyes and oh, they can just get so wide. You know, that um, that shot is mirrored or, you know, that it probably drew its inspiration from uh, this film uh, that I like called The Big City. It's this old Indian film. I'm sure this film got its inspiration from the big city. Oh, this, yeah. this, you a lot know, of big city it. influence on this one. Satya <laughs> uh, uh, Ray is the director of the big city. And I'm sure uh, that uh, Brian Levant was really influenced by Satya Ray um, from the big oh, city in, in oh. that shot. Yeah, uh, no doubt. No, <laughs> no doubt. doubt. But really does get that sense of <laughs> foreboding. You know, in that scene where <laughs> you you don't know what's to come, but you yeah. know it's going to be hectic and it's going to be bad. Yeah, that, yeah, that pit, that that pit in your stomach never leaves oh, you until the end. I felt it. I felt it there. And you know, I really like the direction it took in the post credit scenes where we got oh. that same look yes. at the very final shot. Yeah, I got that same pit in my stomach at that point. Oh yeah, and you're just waiting for that sequel, and here we are, twenty five years later, still waiting for it. No, don't worry. We've got it planned. But uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my oh, that's a good shot award. It, it's got to be the reindeer point of view shot award. Um, hmm. You know, where Ted, uh, our friendly oh, neighborhood yeah. reindeer, charges at Arnold after Arnold has burglarized his lovely uh, place of residence. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's got to be that reindeer point of view shot. How many times have you seen a reindeer point of view shot? Uh, it's rare, and maybe maybe in like Santa Claus two, maybe there was one. Oh, yeah, or maybe Santa Claus three, even maybe but, Santa uh, Claus three. But honestly, probably only a handful of Christmas movies, so yeah. it's pretty original. It's, it's it, up there. It is. I mean, it, this this is why this film is still studied today. It is things like true. that. Very true. Now, Alex, you had a bonus award, right? Yeah, yeah, I had a best crime committed by Howard award. So you mentioned it earlier, the number of felonies. So I went ahead. No, I thought of this, Alex. I thought of this award myself. I was like, this would be a perfect bonus award. So I'm glad you put it down. (laughs) Yeah. So I went ahead and I wrote down all the options that I could think of off the top of my head. I wish I'd written them down while the movie was going, but I try to remember in order that they occurred. Speeding, Uh assault, destruction of government property. That's when he hits the the police bike. Uh Assault again. Assault on a minor. 
impersonating a police officer, destruction <laughs> of property at the radio station, assault on a DJ, bomb accomplice, <laughs> breaking and entering, burglary, animal cruelty, and resisting arrest. Oh my gosh. No, yeah. It, 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 Three-fourths of those are felonies, so. <laughs> now, my first thought, my first thought is the bomb. Um, because that's just so ridiculous. But that might be the only one that he could actually get out of because he thought that Myron was bluffing and he said that Myron was a crazy person. I don't think he actually did anything wrong there. Now he definitely did something wrong by breaking into the uh, studio there and assaulting the DJ, right? Yes. Uh, But I would say his worst crime, or shall we say his best crime, was impersonating the police officer because Mm. there's just no real reason to do it. Like he, again, he wasn't doing anything wrong. It wasn't him that was like, had this crime ring of Santa's. He was just there because he'd been duped, right? So there's no real reason to impersonate a police officer in that moment. And yeah, he still does. Yeah, it's true. Now, maybe he just got scared a little bit. It's hard to believe Arnold being scared, but. Yeah, I'm just going to grab this fake police badge and pretend to be a police officer, a detective. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fight or flight, you know, and he just had to improvise <laughs> how he could. Yeah, give him props for uh, his quick thinking. Um, he really showcased his intelligence in that moment. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so impersonating a police officer is bad, but the one in terms of, like, morals, <laughs> I think is probably the burglary because of yeah, just how so awful bad. you feel when he goes in there and he takes it. Luckily, he he realizes how messed up it is and how he's lost it, but yeah. he still gets caught putting it back, which is even worse. So maybe yeah, I should have not- put two burglaries on here. <laughs> you know, Alex. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. The, the only thing that I thought of at that moment and how cringy I felt was the Office's episode Scott's Tots. Scott's it Tots, dude. Oh my god! It doesn't quite reach that level, but it no. was very. Very bad. It, it's that moment where you're, you're <laughs> yep, Scott's Tots. That is the worst Scott's episode of the office is, in terms of cringe. Oh, man. It's the worst. But <laughs> enough of the office. Let's get into our rating uh, of this film. Uh, because, Alex, at the end of the day, you know, I've had a good time talking about this movie. I can laugh <laughs> about this movie a lot of times. But I don't think this is a film. That I, I, I don't think I would call it a good movie. It's okay. It's okay. Now, there's a lot of nostalgia here for me, to be sure. But, yeah, this movie just isn't that great. I I like the point about the embrace of capitalism and the lessons learned. But I don't think it justifies all the criminal behavior gotten away with in this film. The acting did distract me, I hate to say, a couple of times. But on the other hand, this is another one of those films that if you take too seriously, you're not going to enjoy it. And and Neely watched this with, with me. And we laughed quite a bit, um, but we also equally cringed quite a bit at some of the humor that may have been funny in 1996, but didn't quite hold up today. So overall, I, I would say this is probably a three out of five for me. Mm, okay. That's, that's actually a little higher than I thought it would. That, that This pleases me greatly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's clear. I really had a great time with this one. It's This film is ludicrous in every way. It's fun from it's fun. It's fun from stem to stern, and mm. I think the rivalry between Myron and Howard is the stuff of legend. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I actually do think it's a fun, silly critique on consumerism that hilariously fell just in time for the Furby craze that year. Uh, and so it just has that interesting parallel between that. Mm-hmm. And Phil Hartman's Ted is also just this standout <laughs> that I, I always remember for just like being like the worst human being that delivers some of the best lines. <laughs> like. I have to love this movie, even if it has a lot of flaws. Like, there's just, I rewound so many moments of, or so many lines just to watch their delivery and how they're written a couple times because they're so funny and just completely ludicrous. So, I think this is like a perfect Christmas movie for the family, even if, because all the, all the innuendos go over the kids' heads. Mm-hmm. They're not going to pick up on all the, really the bad stuff. So I'm gonna give it a four out of five because I really like I'm I was laughing all night last night watching this thing. <laughs> I know you were. It would have been better if I could have watched it with you for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. It, it, I mean, this, that four out of five is just pure entertainment value. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I got you. I got you. No, it it's it's definitely it's it's a funny movie. I think. Theo would would find it quite funny, but he didn't get a chance to watch it this time. So yeah, I think maybe, the maybe worst part of the film is probably the Santa part where they, he mm-hmm. goes in and he fights all of them. Yeah, but other than that, I think everything else is pretty. I think it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it loses its way in its plot just a little bit there. No, okay, we've criticized this movie too much now. <laughs> Uh, all right, Alex. Hey, so next week, <laughs> Eric, I gave this a four out of five, which is higher than almost all the Godzilla movies. <laughs> it's not even surprising. I thought it was a five out of five based on how you talked about it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, but 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 next week, Alex, we are going to uh, well for the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a couple of standalone episodes here um, that we have pre-recorded. Um, just to to kind of set us up for our next series, give us a little bit of time, but there's still going to be quality content uh, that will be released to your podcasting feeds. And next week, we're going to talk about Godzilla's uh, or Marvel's Godzilla comic. Alex, um, did you come up with the rhyme for Godzilla's Marvel comic? Uh, I didn't, but I, I've actually feel like I've got a, like a decent one. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Godzilla enters a comic Marvel. Is it a carnival, or does it make you want to spit and throw a fit? <laughs> that was when rough. you said when you said you had a great one, you weren't kidding, man. You weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't bad for off the top of my head. No, it was good. Alone. It was good. It, it was, was better than my other ones. <laughs> uh, well, so mine is when we read and discuss the Marvel comic, will Godzilla sink or breathe atomic? Uh, yeah. You're right. Mine was better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, as always, um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. I'm Letterboxd for Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or send us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, 
the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try. Happy holidays. What? <laughs> <laughs> Try, Try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Accessories sold separately, batteries not included.